a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. But don't be too disappointed. Boyd is not here today. You've got me, Leah Murray, and my good friend, Taylor Morgan. Um, And we are talking about all the fun things. All of the fun things. All the fun things. And this next topic may be the most fun. Right. No, it's not. It's not. Maybe the biggest driver of the thing we started the show with, Taylor, which is the debt, and what you hear people talking about, one of the drivers in there is Medicare. Well, what that is is health care, right? So one of the biggest issues we have in our country is the fact that health care costs – I don't know, like it's exponentially rising, right? Like those costs are just keep going up. Oh, they do. My premiums this year, it wasn't too bad, but I pay a very healthy insurance premium for, for my business. Uh, we have only, we have a small number of employees. So we have a, a policy for our business and our employees, but I'll tell you what, it is not cheap and it is not getting cheaper anytime soon. So we have a real serious problem in this country. Yeah. So we've got with us Brock Richmond, who is the Catherine T. Bartlett Professor of Law and Professor of Business Administration at Duke University to help us sort it out. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So we were reading your article in Politico. And how about you just lay it out for us? What is the issue you see and why these health care costs are rising the way they are? Uh, so... Yeah, I, by the way, I, I like the term healthy premium. It's a bit of an oxymoron. <laughs> Thank um, you. I'm so uh, glad you noticed. No yeah. one no one so, here appreciates my, my puns there, uh, Professor. Thank you. I am Thank all you. over it. I, I am a big fan of dad humor. Um, <laughs> so so uh, we spend, we in the, in the country spend about 20% of our GDP on health care. Um, by comparison, it's pretty much about twice the amount of the average of the other industrialized nations. Um, So we're spending pretty much twice as much uh, as anybody else in the industrialized world, and we're no healthier for it. We're actually less healthy for it. Wow. Um, Or less healthy in spite of it. Um, And uh, the biggest driver of health care costs in the United States is hospital care. Um, it used to, hospital care used to be between a quarter and a third. That was somewhat easily, uh, evenly divided with physician services and pharmaceutical expenses and others. Um, but now hospital care accounts for really about half, maybe even more in some, in some parts of the country, of the total health care bill. And uh, hospital care, not only is it the biggest part of the bill, but it's the fastest rising part of the bill. And 
The explanation for that is surprisingly simple. It's because there are more monopolies in the hospital market. There's less competition. There's less price competition. Uh, and because of hospital consolidation, um, not only are our hospital bills rising, our health care uh, bill is rising, but we are having a increasingly small number of resources that we can spend on other things we really need, yeah. like education, retirement, the like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are speaking with Barack Richmond. Uh, he is uh, with us. Uh, he, his piece in Politico is excellent. The title is Hospitals Are the Problem, Competition is the Answer. Uh, my question uh, to you now, uh, Barack, is do we have any kind of antitrust regulations on hospitals right now? Is it absent? Is it toothless? Are there too many loopholes? What is weak about the current antitrust uh, legislation, or at least federally, locally? What do we have that isn't working at all? Yeah, it's a terrific question, and it has multiple answers. Um, and you're you're exactly right. I mean, the the, the, the premise of the question is. Uh, don't we have antitrust laws? Shouldn't they stop this? Where have they been? And we do have antitrust laws. Um, I'm not entirely convinced we need new laws. But we certainly need new investments in enforcement of those laws. Um, and we might need some legal doctrines to be corrected. But this consolidation process began um, at, at, at a breakneck speed somewhere around the early 90s. Um, and Antitrust law had a number of opportunities to slow it down, and it simply hasn't. Um, there's lots of blame to go around. It's not just some people invested more in resources than others. Um, judges got key decisions wrong. Uh, enforcers uh, allowed certain things to happen. They shouldn't have uh, federal enforcers, state enforcers. You know, this is a watch that everybody was wearing uh, while all of this had happened. Now, the Interesting thing now, though, I think, is that it's not just a matter of uh, undoing previous mistakes. It's, we, it's very difficult, first of all, to undo all of the mergers that consolidated the hospitals. But I'm not even sure that's the most important thing to do. I think right now uh, we have to think about the future of healthcare and the future of healthcare: higher quality, lower cost, more sophistication. That actually involves hospitals less. I don't think we really need lower prices for hospital services. I think we need a lower reliance on hospital services. And we need to figure out how to move health care into the community, into the home, into outpatient services. But even that's going to be hard without any trust enforcement, because right now hospitals control everything. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Right. I like in your article, you have, I feel, a couple of different... um, Initiatives, that's the wrong word, but that you would recommend. Like, so for example, you've got protect independent physicians, um, encourage new business models, um, protect digital startups, all of which allows healthcare to be innovative, which I think your point is, man, it's not, right? Like, hospitals are just trying to like dig in um, into old models. If you could pick one 
that you would talk about as being this is the best way to do it, which one would you choose? You know, of the three, I think the easiest and the one with the most immediate returns would be preserving independent physicians. So, so part of this consolidation process has, has been – it has gone beyond just hospitals coming together to create large hospital systems. Um, it has – and this is especially true in the last 10, 15 years – involved hospital systems purchasing physician practices. And these are the kind of things that antitrust law actually hmm. cannot entirely be blamed for letting happen. It's actually difficult for antitrust law to stop that. But we should recognize that once hospitals control local physicians, then physicians have no other place to direct their patients. The most important thing physicians do uh, after giving care directly to their patients is referring their patients to other places ah, for more specialized care. I see. Uh, and we need to allow physicians to have the freedom not just to only direct their patients to the local hospital, but to other hospitals and other care centers where higher quality and lower cost services can be provided. That's how competition takes place. It's not from the individual picking hospitals. It's from allowing physicians to have the freedom to direct their patients to the best place. So my question, just kind of, you know, going back, probing that right there, do the physicians have the power Right. Is that a, uh, I don't know, a group or is that a, a political entity or it, it, do they have the power to be able to push back against that? Well, it, it's really interesting. I mean, I, I think when we were thinking about the layout of healthcare services in the late 90s, early aughts, we were talking about hospitals and physicians as two pillars of of professional power and economic power in the healthcare sector, in large part because hospital systems have purchased so many physician practices, physicians are increasingly marginalized, not just as economic forces, but really as the directors of how care is organized. Um, and this is an alarming statistic. About it was no not much more than ten years ago, maybe even more recently, about three quarters of American physicians were all independent. They're all part of a physician practice. Practice or self-employed. Yeah, yeah. That well, Professor, of, we I, unfortunately are out of time. Okay, I'm sorry to cut you off. <laughs> uh, the piece is great. Listeners, please go and read uh, this piece in Politico. It is by Barack Richmond, Professor of Law and Business Administration at Duke University. Professor, thank you so much uh, for this great piece and for joining Inside Sources. Thanks again for having me. Stay around, listeners. We have a very exciting second hour here coming up on Inside Inside Sources. Stay with us. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on the KSL News Radio app and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all-day companion for news. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.